What's up, fam? Welcome back to the Well That's Good podcast. We have someone back on the podcast who has been here before, but I don't think anyone's going to mind because she is a legend. She's so incredible. She's a great friend to all of her friends, a good mom, a good wife, all the things, and an incredible songwriter and musician, if I might also add. We have Brooke Lidgerwood on the podcast. Welcome back, girl. Hi, thanks. I must not have done too bad last time Yeah, if you had me back, so thank you. Listen, uh, you were probably requested many, many, many times to come back. I remember my dad was actually like, that podcast was so good. Like, It's always the Hillsong people like you and Taya that my dad and uh, my family are like most excited oh, about. And so um, I, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm glad that you're back on. And I know I already asked you the question of the podcast. What's the best piece of advice you've been given? So today I'll change it up just a little bit. What's the best piece? I was wondering about I that. Know. I know. Like, I was like, okay, well, now she's already said what she's ever been given, so this might not be genuine. So uh, I changed it a little bit. But what's the best piece of okay. music advice that you've ever been given? In the music world, what's the best piece of advice that has ever been given to you? Oh, that was a that's a that's a good one. That's a tough one. I would say, I would like. Put a flip on the question and I would say it's not so much the advice I've been given but the examples mm. I have seen set That's and I would great. say the people um I, I take as advice examples that I see of of artists and songwriters mm. who are just completely uh true to themselves mm. and what they feel that they've been asked to bring into the world mm. um and so I think about there's a C.S. Lewis quote where he he, he talks about um if when it comes to originality, if you try to be original, you'll probably ruin it. Like mm. this is ter- the Brooke paraphrase, which is terrible. <laughs> um, but he says, but if you just, if you, if you don't concern yourself with trying to be original and you just try to tell the truth, then nine times out of 10, you'll be original without wow. even trying to be. And so I think that's yeah. probably the approach that I've tried to bring into music and honestly, just into my life rather yeah. than trying to be original. I'm yeah. like, how do I tell the truth as God's given me to tell it, whether that's through a song or a conversation or a relationship. And then nine times out of 10, you find that it's creative and prophetic because you weren't trying to be creative and prophetic. You were just trying to be faithful with the truth you've been given to steward. Wow. That, is that would be how so I would answer that. <laughs> good. Oh my gosh. I love that. We have a, uh, well, that's good wall out there where we put advice that people um, has given us on the podcast or just in life and that one needs to be in the center because you know like this whole ministry is live original and I think that that is yeah. such a good message but I think that also people get confused on how do I become original how do I even know who I originally am and all these things because the world does shape you and make you into who you are and so that is such a good thing to let truth be the basis of your originality. I love that. Um, this is actually, and funny. I feel like that's the basis of your whole ministry as well, right? It that's is. How, that's what, that's your, that's your anchor point. Like that's your, pla- that's what you, that's what you are teaching it, like and showing this generation of people like that truth, tr- like truth is the thing. Yep. And then yeah. it really is. And that's so cool. Like the topic of this whole year, I feel like this past year, at least we've taught so much about truth because I think we're so confused on what truth is because then you say, well, what even is true? You know, and this year just really anchoring it on that truth is like 
the word of God. Like Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the only way to get to the Father. And so when you think about that, it's not like he said, I'm a way, here's an option, I am the way, the truth, the life, which is so great that we have such a clear direction and such a clear direction and mm-hmm. even how how we go about anything in life. We go to Jesus. And so I think that's so good. And it's so cool because I always love whenever my question on the best piece of advice um, you've ever been given, the answer is like what I almost would expect it to be. Obviously, I could have never guessed you would have said that. But my last question of this interview was going to be this, but I'm switching it to the second question now because it goes <laughs> so good with what you just said of something about you that's so obvious. And I don't know you super well, which we need to change because I think you're incredible from afar. But something about you that is so obvious is how much you love to learn. Like you are always posting books that you just read or think books that you think other people would benefit from and should read. You're talking about your mentors. You post about um, people in your life who some people know, like Louie and Shelley, and mentors that maybe is not a familiar face, but it's people you've learned from and grown from. And so you're constantly in this search for wisdom. Um, How did you make that a habit of your life? And do you even remember when you did, or have you always kind of been that person who seeks out wisdom from others? Wow. That's a, that's very encouraging. And, um, there's that scripture, I think it's in Psalm 25. Um, it says friendship with the Lord, uh, belongs to those who fear him. Hmm. Um, I think that's Psalm 25. And then there's the other scripture that says, um, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. So I think when um, when you fear the Lord, and that's a phrase that I know has like a lot of um, like baggage on it. So mm-hmm. like, let's clear that up, right? <laughs> fear of the Lord doesn't mean being afraid of God. Yeah. It means that we have a um, a, a reverence mm-hmm. and a that means that we celebrate His holiness. And so um, and so. F- and so fear of the Lord is not being scared of the Lord. It's acknowledging his holiness. It's acknowledging you are God and I am not. Mm-hmm. And that is the that is the essential place for us to start. And the word of God tells us that that is the beginning of all wisdom. Um, and I think that when you, when you, when you, fear the Lord. And if you, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know how to fear the Lord. Like, what does that mean? That phrase is confusing to me. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the Holy spirit, right? Yeah, we can ask. Good. That's what I, I, I guess. And I guess this almost kind of in a roundabout way answers your question is that, um, is that the, we can ask the Holy spirit for wisdom and we can ask him, like, I've learned that, um, there's that, I don't really know anything in life, but I can ask the Holy Spirit for mm. wisdom. And I find that he answers. In, in the book of James, it says, you know, if anyone lacks wisdom, like ask the Lord who delights to give it. Um, and so when we ask the Lord for wisdom and we see and we, we start to um, see patterns in our lives of asking for wisdom and God giving it to us, then it becomes um, impossible or at least foolish not to continue to ask God for wisdom. I remember we were talking about the Giglios just a second ago, like Shelley, I think it was three years ago at Passion Conference. Um, she stood up and she talked about how one prayer that she's prayed every day of her life is is for wisdom. She's mm-hmm. asked the Lord to give her wisdom. And I think her life and the harvest of her life um, or the harvest God is bringing through her life is such a reflection of that daily prayer. So I think coming across wisdom, we know is, is not, um, a bunch of pinnacle moments, but it's actually just a daily inquiring 
um, of yeah. the Lord. Lord, give me wisdom. That's good. I think that people like assume that people like Shelley Giglio, they just know everything. They just are wise. But when you actually know someone like Shelley Giglio, she would be the first to say, I have no clue what I'm doing. But um, she always says, I'm leaning on the Lord. <laughs> I just lean. And she, she told me uh, at Passion this year, because I was kind of in that same boat, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. I have no idea what to do. And she said, just learn how to lean. And I thought that was such good advice because that is genuinely how I'm going to know what to do is when I know how to lean on Him. And yeah, yeah it's so true. I think that people... That's why I wanted to ask you that question because I think people look at you even as that same type of person. Like, she just is wise, you know? She just is a wise person. But I know you seek wisdom and you continue to find and you continue to pour out because that's who you are and that's your ministry, part of your ministry. And so I think it's awesome. Um, I want to talk about your new album because this album is going to be incredible just from the songs that I have heard. I know I I feel like when I say that and I see your face, it's like whenever people say your new book and I'm like, oh yeah, it's great. It's it's coming. And like, you're so excited, but there's so much to that. Um, On a for real level of excitement, like how excited and how nervous are you about this album? Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestseller, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash Woe or just text Woe to 500 500. That's audible, A U D I B L E dot com slash Woe or text Woe to 500 500 to try Audible for free for 30 days.
Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or or weekly for six weeks, depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash Summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico, K-I-W-I-C-O.com slash Summer. I definitely like kind of want to vomit every day um, and, and I feel, gosh, how do I feel about it? Um, I, I did coming into talking with you. I was like, if she asks me again, what's the best piece of advice I've ever been given? I was like, I've got to have a backup because <laughs> I already gave the first one and the first one. And I still mean that, but I was like, what if I need a second one? What if she goes, what's the second piece, best piece of advice? So my, this was I'm my backup. And, and so this one was, I actually heard, um, I don't know if you saw Louis Giglio. This is going to sound like a Louis, a Giglio fan podcast. I know. By the we, way. We're definitely their biggest fans. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Louis did an interview with, um, Dr. Charles Stanley a couple months ago and, and put it on YouTube and I watched that and was so moved by it. And one of the things that Charles Stanley said was, um, something to the effect of like, um, obey God and then trust him with the outcome. Hmm. And, and, uh, and for me, that has been the story of this album. I never wanted to make a worship album. Like mm. I, I'm part of Hillsong Worship and I love that and I prefer that. Like I love being part of a team. I love being part of something that doesn't have my name on it. I get to yeah. be part of the landscape and serving that, but it's bigger than me and I love that. And so ever doing something under my own name um, was never a thought in my mind, never a desire of my heart. And the Lord really brought this about, made it clear that this is something that was on his heart. So it was never on my heart mm. until it was on his heart. And this was really a case of I'm, I'm, tr I'm obeying the Lord and trusting him with the outcome. Um, and, and so I keep joking with my team, like, but only half jokingly that this is the alpha and the omega, like mm. the Lord's only told me to do this one <laughs> album. Like, this is 
probably this is probably the last one and you know he could say something else and then I will obey that but but this for me has been a real step of obedience and um and a lot of you know dying to myself and Mm. um and what people will think or what they might assume about what this means because it actually doesn't really mean anything other than this is something I felt like God asked me to do he trusted me with these songs I wasn't trying to write an album by any means Mm. and um brought together these songs and this, um, and this community of people to make this project at this particular time in history, at this particular time at the church. And you know what? He gets to do whatever he wants with it. We, we Mm -hmm. did our utmost and we saturated this thing in prayer. Mm -hmm. Even just yesterday, um, a bunch of our team, we were just on the text and fasting and and praying for this Mm -hmm. first song that's coming out. And this is not, we just feel really strongly. This is actually not our thing. And when I was whinging a, a couple months ago, like in my car, I, I would say praying, except I was being an idiot and I actually wasn't even praying. I was just like, I don't know if you've, I was just whinging to myself oh, in my yeah, car. Totally. Like I was driving and I was like, I was like, Lord, why does this have to be under my name? I, and I was like, I was definitely being like immature and prideful. I was like, Lord, but my name, I was, well, I wasn't even saying, Lord, I wasn't even praying. I was just like, my name's all I've got left. Like I, I you know, this is me. Like, this is not a brand. Like Brooklyn yeah. is literally, it's just me. It's my legal name. It's I'm a mum and I'm a wife and I'm a servant and this thing but it's, does it have to be my name? Like, why does it have to be my name? And then clear as anything, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say, Oh, it's your name. Is it? Hmm. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Wow. Wow. It's not my name. And I actually like going, living a life all out for Jesus. The, the, the hard, the hard part of it, but actually the most exciting part of it is that we don't get to keep anything for Mm -hmm. ourselves. Yeah, uh, we we don't and but the miracle of that is that when we take that those loaves and those fish these whatever these things are that the Lord has entrusted to us and we give them to Jesus and we let him um, break them and offer them that it's only then that they can become they can be multiplied to feed the people who are hungry but there has to be that surrendering and that willingness for them to be broken um and and but we find in that our life we find in that all this nourishment and that there's so much left over but that act of that initially like oh, like the 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 number of times in life that we um will be invited to die to ourselves is only matched um by by the times that the Lord takes those sacrifices that his resurrection life floods in and that we experience uh, these new dimensions of his pleasure and his presence that we wouldn't be able to if we didn't step out in obedience like that. So there were times when we were working on this project where I would just sit on the ground and cry because I, I hadn't experienced this particular tangible sense of his pleasure before like I was and I knew that it was because I was going I was dying and I was going God yes whatever it is yes and um just I will never I will never get over the way that that feels to sense his smile it is the it is more beautiful and more wonderful than 
the most delicious steak. And mm -hmm. if you know me, you know that I love that I cry. It's a perfectly cooked steak. So Girl, me yeah, too. It's better than steak. It's beautiful. <laughs> that is truly beautiful. No, but for real, I love steak too. But even before you said that part, I was like, that's beautiful. Like, it's so good. It's so good. And it just makes me think of all the times that's happened in my own life. And, um, I just thank you for sharing that because that's so genuine and that's so real. And I remember having a very similar moment with the Lord um, when I was 17, actually. And that kind of um, that was a pivotal moment in my life. It was, you know, right after I had been on Dancing with the Stars and was like, what in the world is life doing right now? And I did not like the fact that like it was all like me in the spotlight. Like at first it was just my family and I was just kind of hidden in that shadow, kind of like you. It was like I was a part of a team. It wasn't about me. We were all in this mission. Like this is for God's glory. Like we're going to show people like a family that loves the Lord and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden the spotlight was like me. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like I do not want to be famous. I do not want my face to be everywhere. That actually scared me so bad and um I remember in that that moment whenever I, I like responded to this altar call Alex Seeley was preaching and um I just got down on my knees and I was like God why like did you make me famous it's all about like me you know because I don't like this and like if you want to use this for your glory then like yes I'll do it but it scares me in this very just like real honest um moment and it was so cool and I might have already shared this with you I don't know but it was um and this is like a weird thing but the Lord gave me this vision and I had never had like a vision before at this moment because I was actually like very raised in a very traditional upbringing this conference was a very random one for me to go to it was my first time to see a woman a woman preach even it happened to be Alex Seeley wow. um, I didn't know what the Holy Spirit how it worked none of that so to get a vision to be even crying at an article everything was like totally flipped upside down in this moment and I got this vision and it was of Instagram and it was like my I knew it was my page and the followers were going up, up, up. And I was saying, no, 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 no. And then I saw that at the banner at the top, it was Jesus Christ. It was his name. And it was this vision of that's what you're doing. It's not actually about you being known. It's people seeing me through you, but me. And I just got it. I was like. I can do that then. then if this is not about me, yeah. then I can do that. And uh, the past seven years since then, that's what I've been doing. And I would have never imagined in that moment when I shifted to go full on ministry that my following would have actually been able to grow. How would it grow? Like uh, here I am on a hit TV show on Dancing with the Stars. And like, I would think that would be kind of the the peak as far as fame and then the following continue to grow since then and it's been all about Jesus and that is so cool so yeah. I feel very hidden under the shadow of his wing even though people might say I see your face all the time I just feel hidden under knowing that I'm on this mission and so hearing you say that is just so cool because I understand that moment of being like why God you know why why me this is scary this is intimidating whatever it is whatever the reason your why is but God just saying you know it's really not yours and it's really not you it's it's my life and I actually was going to ask you about this because um obviously like you know you are a big name you people do know who you are you ha are a Grammy winner your strong songs have been streamed over like a billion times and translated into all these languages and so like people know who you are but your husband wrote about you on Instagram um that your life versus acts 2024 uh, about like considering my life like worth nothing 
And I was like, that's so cool because that is so counterculture to what culture will say. Like, live your life for you. You know, like, you should be the shining star. Why would you not want to do it for you? And so it was really cool. Before even asking the question, you really just answered that. And that's why, because your heart is so is so for the Lord. And um, even just to say, like, this is this is me as a wife, this is me as a mom, like all this stuff, but I'll give it to you, God, is the coolest thing. Um, I know you and Scotty like work a lot together. I know he's like super creative and kind of like helps you with the songwriting, the design process. What was this collab like to be able to do together? Yeah, this one um, has been unlike um, any other. We, we've collaborated on many things like for many years, um, but this is, I guess, the first time that um, – I guess it has been, yeah, f- we we have been um, the decision makers at, at every point um, and kind of gotten to do things in the way that we really felt led to do them um, 100%. And it's been really cool um, just seeing like the way that the Lord has just um, poured through him in this project, even to the point where, you know, the, the, um, he, he, he custom designed, um, like the typeface that you see on the album and all of these things, but just even, um, when we, in the early days when we were going, oh my gosh, we think that this is something that the Lord is asking us to do. And, um, and I was like, and he was like, you're going to have to like name this something. You're going to have to call this album something. And, um, so I was praying about it and, I spent most of the last year in a book called Discipleship on the Edge, which is a commentary um, on the book of Revelation Mm. by an incredible theologian and pastor called Daryl Johnson. And it's a book that has just moved me so much, uh, given me so much hope, given me understanding about the book of Revelation, which is like the freakiest book of the Bible, (laughs) (laughs) arguably. I need to read this book. But it has now become one of my favorite books of the Bible um, because of this book, Discipleship on the Edge. But um, I read the first chapter of the book and I wept with relief because um, he talks about how, you know, in Revelation 1, you know, John gets this vision and he sees one like a son of man standing in the middle of the, the seven lampstands. And then it says at the very end of the chapter, and the seven uh, the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And seven in the, the, all the numbers in the book of Revelation, none of them are statistics and all of them are symbols. Hmm. And seven means complete. So in other words, um, what, what um, the scripture is telling us in Revelation 1 is that Jesus is standing in the middle of his complete church. Wow. Of the church far and wide, of the church across time and history, over wow. the, ch- the church across eternity that Jesus is standing not far off observing, not uncaring, um, not helpless, Mm -hmm. but Jesus stands as the risen and reigning lamb, like right in the middle, right in the middle of what we would say is all this mess. Jesus is in the middle and he is reigning. And I just cried with relief. I was like, oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. And, and And so even, so basically all that to say, I said to Scotty, you know, if I'm going to name this album something, I'm, I'll get asked about it in interviews. So I need to then reverse engineer the title from what do I actually care about talking about? And I was like, I want to say that. I want to say that Jesus is standing in the middle of the church. And so I said to Scotty, I want to call it like, so I want to call it like seven lampstands, except 
like that doesn't really roll <laughs> off the tongue really well. So then I, I, I said that to him and I went away and I literally came back an hour later and he turned his screen. He'd been on his computer, he turned his screen and he just had written in that font that you'll see seven. And he's like, wow. I think this is it. And I was like, that's it. Like, that's it. It's just wow. seven. Um, and, and then he had already in that time, it'd been like an hour designed all of these symbols that you'll start to see come out through the artwork and through things like, like the journey from, um, from, from creation to, um, to, from Genesis, Genesis to Exodus, to the giving of the law, to, um, to Christ, to Pentecost, all of these things. And then it finishes at seven, like the, the which will eventually be the completion. Mm. Um, but that, all that, that was a very long way of answering your original question I is like, Scotty is the one who, who sees visually what this is. Cause I, I hear and he sees. Wow. Um, so I feel like this has been so beautiful, um, for, for us to come together on that and, and, and just me see that Lord use him so powerfully, um, through, through what he gives the eyes that he has given my husband is really cool. Yeah. That is so cool. I love it. And actually you're cracking me up because you keep answering all my questions before I ask them. My next question was literally, <laughs> what's the meaning behind seven? No, I love it. I always ask the spirit would lead the conversation and Hey, go ahead. It's just, it's awesome. I love and then it. I so also give really long answers. So I I'm sorry. I like no, talk way too much. <laughs> I love that. So sometimes I have to overprepare just in case the person doesn't talk. And I love that you give long answers. It's like I'm hanging on like to every word that you say. Sometimes I forget I'm supposed to be interviewing because I'm like, this is so good. What book is that? Like thinking of all the questions I would ask you in a normal <laughs> conversation. But no, this, that's mm. that's incredible. I love it. And um, like I said, I, I said this before we started the podcast, but I hated I couldn't be at the album release party. But I know most people listening to this weren't there either. But I heard that it was just absolutely incredible. And I thought it was pretty crazy that it was on 11, 11, 21, which all equaled up to be seven. And so I was wondering, I did y'all like geek out when you realized that? Or did you do that on purpose? Were you like, that is crazy. That well, The craziest thing is that was actually an accident. Really? And when we realized, we were like, oh. <laughs> and then I didn't realize as well that it's my, because I made six albums under Brooke Fraser, like my mainstream catalog. And this is technically no my seventh, like, like Brooke record, but it's the first and the last of, so that was again, I was like, what? And then the the funniest thing then, so then we were like, this is, and there's been so many, there's just sevens that pop up everywhere now. We're like, you actually are my first. <laughs> but it's legit, getting a bit ridiculous. You are like my first legitimate interview on my seventh season. I'm not getting of this podcast. This is the seventh season, and you're my first interview besides Christian, who I actually interviewed before the year started. Yes, I'm not kidding. That is so weird. That is so what? weird. What? <laughs> Heck, this is so cool. That's crazy, friend. That that's awesome. Crazy. Well, I um yeah, like I said, I heard a lot about it. But one thing I saw on your Instagram I thought was cool is you said it was one of the most holiest, the holiest weeks of your life. And so, what did that look like? What did that week look like? What was your preparation like to go into that moment? Um, because it it did look holy. It looked incredible. It didn't look like a performance. Yeah. It looked like um, a posture, and um, it was beautiful. Mm. It looked awesome. I mean, the, I was so um. Cause the other thing I guess about this project is like everyone, like all, everybody involved, including me, like we all have other jobs, like we all have other things that we're <laughs> serving and other things that we're building. So it was kind of everyone's overflow. So, um, the actual number of days that were spent on this project are not that many. We had like five days in August, um, like three days in October, 
three more days in October and then like four days in November, including the record date. And that was it. Um, but each time was so, um, just felt so saturated. Mm. Um, like I was kind of saying before, in a way, I just haven't experienced the presence of the Lord in that particular way before. And so, which is just, again, so exciting to me. I've been walking with the Lord since I was 15 and just to remember that there is still more to know of him and more to experience of him than I will ever get to experience in this lifetime is just so exhilarating cool. because there's always more, there's always more for us to discover. Anyway, but this is why I can oh, stop Brooke, get to the point. No, don't so anyway, stop. So Keep coming going. into the <laughs> So coming into the week of seven, I honestly just felt so peaceful because I was like I because honestly because it sounds like a line and I said to Scott I was like this is gonna sound like a line. But this honestly wasn't my idea, this project. And so the peace that that gave me going into this week was I was like, I felt so, because it's, I, it wasn't on me. Yep. And literally it was so funny, like Jason Ingram, so Jay, my dear friend, Jason Ingram, who is just incredible. He and I produced this album together and afterwards we were, we were kicking ourselves because we were like, why didn't we put crowd mics near like the guest section? Cause the guest section where all our friends were like standing, oh. there was like some of the greatest vocalists of our time, oh, like I'm standing sure. in that section. There was like Natalie Grant and <laughs> Tasha Cobbs Leonard. And like all these people who are literally some of the greatest vocalists of our time were standing there and we didn't put a mic <laughs> like in the vicinity. We were like, why? why? But honestly, like, and again, I can say if, if, if this had been my idea and my initiative, I would have had so much cause to be nervous, to strive, to feel like I had to impress people. Mm -hmm. But because I knew this was a step of obedience, all that pressure was off. And so I even said like at the start of the night and, and what I love as well is that the people who came to the night, to the recording, they like really understood the assignment. Like they didn't come for Brooke, they came for Jesus and this, you can hear the faith and the sound of it. And I said to them at the start of the night, I was like, pretty much 50% of this room can sing me under the table. I was like, so tonight you're not going to hear good singing. Like, you're not going to hear good singing. But what we will do together is journey to the foot of the cross wow. and pour out our worship and give him all of the glory. Mm. And um, and that was honestly just what it felt like. And I think the biggest encouragement I got at the end of the night um, when we were having a little celebration together was um, – one of my friends came up to me and just said, um, it felt clean. Mm. And, um, that was to me such a, uh, such an encouragement and a, and a compliment that there was just no yucky stuff. There was yeah. no, it was like the least dramatic thing I've That's ever been a part amazing. of. It was just, That's it was amazing. just so, yeah, it was, it was honestly just, I was honored to even be there. I don't wow. even know. That's I don't even know why so I get cool. to be there or do this. <laughs> it was just, I think one of the things I love about passion Um, and I don't know, I can't remember if we've talked about this before with, with my story and my backstory with passion. Um, but I got saved when I was 15 alone in my bedroom and it was probably a year or so after that, that a friend of mine had the passion one day, like CD, like on their table. And I was like, Oh, can I take that? And then I just never gave it back. Um, (laughs) and it was the, the album with like the blue and green cover. And it was from passion. I think it was the year 2000 when they were all in the field. And it was like Chris Tomlin, Christy Knuckles, Mm -hmm. like Charlie Hall, all these legends. And I remember being like, I was a little girl from lower Hutt, New Zealand, Mm. And I had been so radically saved that often I felt like alone, like New Zealand's not a very Christian country. Like Mm -hmm. I was 
definitely one of the youngest people in my church went to a little Salvation Army. And so to hear from across the world, the sound of like young people, like this passionate about Jesus. Like I, I said, I think I've said before, it was like, it was like the sound of consecration. And I just knew that I wasn't alone. I was like, Oh, there's a generation. Like I'm part of this generation. And so I think that that still is what moves me about passion. Mm. When I stand in that room, honestly, whether I'm leading or not, like the, the sound of this, this group of young people, like who represent the future of the church, Mm -hmm. like that this is the moment that many of these people are deciding what their lives are going to be about. And the fact that I would get to stand in a room where some of these people are deciding I'm going to live my life for Jesus from here on out. Like that is inspires me like nothing else. Just it's the greatest. It's the most exciting thing ever. I agree with you. Even like um, people felt like sorry for me that I wasn't able to be there this year, but I kind of, you know how earlier you're like, this is going to sound like a lie, but I really mean it. Like, genuinely even not being able to be there but just being able to hear it like just being able to know that that's happening and hear it and even just see um, even some of the posts people make and the captions that they write of what God's doing in their heart like it's so rewarding like you don't have time to be sorry for yourself that you are there because you're like look at what God did like this is like the coolest thing ever and it is a reminder like you're not alone because sometimes like it does feel like that you know especially like I think even for me like a lot of stuff that I do is online and so you know I'm always like speaking out but then I don't see the people who hear it or I don't see the people who um, are encouraged by whatever and that's okay I don't need to see that that that's on the Lord but it is so encouraging when you do get to see people changing and actually like see it with your eyes like a room full of people worshiping God genuinely and their college students like my age it's it's so cool I, I get so encouraged um, lastly, I want to ask you about this because I know so many people look up to you as a songwriter and as a worship leader and I mean for so many reasons, but particularly in those reasons and as a creative. And I know y'all started um, Creator, is it? Um, like a way that people yeah. can actually be uh, mentored in a sense by y'all. So tell us about that because I'm sure people would love to get involved and see how they can learn more from y'all. Even if they don't know you, that's the beauty of social media, right? And all these different things that we can actually <laughs> be mentored by people who we don't know, but that are awesome. So tell us about that. That looked awesome. Yes. Oh my gosh. You're so kind for asking about that. Yeah. Creator is something that I'm so excited about because basically it was like kind of the beginning of the pandemic and just a bunch of us were talking about how, um, you know, I think there feels like there's a sense of urgency of like, we want to, we want to equip the next generation. And there's only so much that panels at conferences, there's only so much that we can give through that medium. And it just felt like there was a, a, a gap, um, within creativity within the church for us to really be able to step into that and, and, and distill, um, distill what God has taught us and how he's equipped us in a way that will then equip the next generation. And so I'm not going to be able to go to 300 church conferences a year and teach you about songwriting, but what I can do and what I have done and what many of us have done is get to like, we, we worked, I mean, these, um, this teaching each, each course is like months and months in in development. Tasha Cobbs Leonard has an incredible um, course about worship warfare, um, and, and leading with spiritual 
leading in spiritual warfare. Um, Brandon Lake songwriting course. I have a songwriting course and a, lead, a worship leading course. Taya has a worship leading course. There's all these courses and lots more coming, but it's basically a chance for us to go. I can't have a coffee with you personally necessarily, but I still want to impart to you and I want to teach you and equip you um, with what I know. And so here's, here's so a way cool. that we can do that. So um, the courses, classes, and conversations at creatoronline.com. That's yeah. so cool. Well, thanks for helping build the church. I think that is incredible and such a gift. I mean, I, I love whenever I get to go to coffee with any of my mentors, but even if I never get to, I love to watch from afar. Like Lisa Harper is someone that I wish I could be mentored by, but I'm not anywhere near Lisa Harper. However, I just saw she's starting a <laughs> podcast, so I'm like, sweet. Like I can be mentored <gasps> from afar. She is? Yes, unlike theology oh and all gosh. these things. I'm so excited. So we'll both be mentored by her from oh afar gosh. and hopefully in person when we run yes. into her. And um, yes, we'll always be Lou and Shelley's uh, biggest fangirls. And and uh, continue to love a perfectly cooked steak and love the Lord. And so uh, I know people are going to That's right. I know people are going to love this conversation and I'm so pumped for your album. If you um, are going to do anything right today, go listen to the 7 album. Um, it's going to be incredible. Brooke, thank you for continuing to put things out. Thank you for being obedient and faithful to God. I hope it's not the Alpha and Omega. I hope it's just the Alpha and there's many more to come after this, but I'm excited for you. Congrats and thanks for spending some time to, to thank chat. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. You're the best. Yes. Thanks for everything you do. We might have to have a third. It just might have to happen. But appreciate it, Brooke. 